Welcome to an all-new episode of Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. And on today's episode, I'll try to make friends with Big Brother 14 winner Ian Terry faster than I would release myself from the house to go get a beef and cheddar from Arby's. Hi, I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Arby's. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm so. Anytime I hear Arby's, I always think of that Simpsons line where they're like stranded on an island and one girl, uh, one of the twins says, I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. And I just, <laughs> that's all I think about now anytime I see Arby's. Yeah, I feel like Arby's does. I've, it gets a little bit of a, of a rap, a bad rap sometimes. I think it's. Um, I, I'm really. I think they have the best uh, fast food like appetizers. Okay, I'm with you on that because the mozzarella sticks are oh, yeah. really, really good. I mean, yeah. that's that's definitely. I haven't been to an Arby's probably in like five to ten years, somewhere in that range. Oh but wow, yeah, they got some. Yeah, they got some good apps. So yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, it's... what other fast food restaurants have appetizers though? Like, it's not usually like you're going for like the three course meal. That's correct. Yeah, usually not. Um, I mean, they'll, some of them will work it in. They'll or they'll do okay. like a limited time, right? Like, I feel like mod sticks are are more common. Like the white castle has those burger yeah. King has a really pathetic excuse for those. Horrible. Do you remember when McDonald's tried to launch mozzarella sticks? You no, know, yeah, It was like in limited availability areas, but yeah, oh, I do. Yeah. And those were pretty bad if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. I don't think there was any cheese in them at all. Yeah. It was just crust. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like a straw, but of like mozzarella cheese stick crust. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I, I love I love mott sticks. Like that's always like a, a joke when my girlfriend and I go out to dinner. Like they'll have the appetizer list, and I'll say, "All right, well we can get any uh, appetizer that's less than you know eight dollars, <laughs> and also more than six dollars and fifty cents, which just narrows <laughs> it down to only fried cheese." <laughs> I mean, there's no like you can't go wrong with mozzarella sticks, though. You know, I mean, no, you can obviously at McDonald's, well, but usually, <laughs> right, right. It's it's hard to mess up. Yeah, it's hard to mess up. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. Um, yes, it's funny. That's we do. Uh, I'm the same. Like my wife is usually like she'll want to skip appetizers. She'll be like, I don't really need anything, and I'm like, no, we did yeah. we did not come to Chili's to not get an appetizer. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, thanks for uh, doing the podcast. It's it's great to have um, you on. How's your no, weekend going? Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, you know, I was playing some backgammon yesterday. Um, had like a little tournament in town, so I spend way too much time playing that. But uh, <laughs> you know, that was good. I got a haircut earlier today, which now I find out this is not a video podcast. So yeah, yeah maybe Sorry could have gotten that. away with that. It's all right. I needed to get a cut. <laughs> I wasn't going to just, uh, I got to get a cut only for this. I'm not going to get a cut for another two months, but this podcast now, right. I, yeah. I needed it anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but I rushed it in. I rushed to get it in, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It feels good to not have like, I don't know. You take a shower and there's just so much weight. Like you realize when it needs cut, you're like, I have to use so much shampoo or whatever. And uh, yeah. it just feels good to have it off. <laughs> I know. I, um, I try to go like every four weeks for a haircut. And okay. for those of you that obviously nobody listening can has videos. So Ian's hair looks great. Just so you know, okay. it looks well, great. Thank, 
Thank you. I appreciate that. That made it all worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I'll give you just a quick overview of how the podcast works, uh, a little okay. bit about the premise, and then we'll just uh, jump right in. Any awesome. Anything before we start? Nah, I'm good. Uh, okay, so this podcast is structured in three rounds. The first round is called the fast forward round. So it'll be a yeah. bunch of stuff that I've uh, sort of like looked up and found about you and okay. just talk through sort of life, career, things like that. Yeah. The second round is called Five for Five, named after the Arby's culinary deal of the 1990s, where you got okay. five roast beef sandwiches for five dollars. What a uh, deal. What a deal, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now it's like two for six, I feel like. Ooh. Inflation. Yeah, there, there's like the creep on these like these deals. Chili's is like I think the best example. It was like the two for twenty. Now it's the two for twenty five. Yep. Rough. It's rough. I don't even want to. I don't know that I want to be around for two for forty. Like I need oh, to no. tap out before then. You know. No, Chili's <laughs> Chili's will be long gone before two yeah. for forty. <laughs> um, in the five for five round, uh, the reason it's named that is that I have five questions prepared for you. I think that okay. you have five questions prepared for me, but if not, you get the opportunity to ask me five on the spot, okay. um, cool. and I'll answer them. And then the last round, we'll uh, use a f- paper fortune teller from like childhood oh, games, yeah, yeah. the fifth grade thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to reveal an activity that we'll play, and then we'll end with a friend request. Excellent. Um, awesome. We'll jump right into round one, the uh, fast forward round. So based on my research, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Correct. Um, were you born there as well? I was. I was born in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, had to get away. <laughs> had to move. <laughs> it's a great Thank little you. city, though. Um, it, okay, it is now. It's it's now. But like when I was growing up, Pittsburgh didn't have anything. Yeah. Like I, anytime I visit Pittsburgh, I'm like, oh, I could totally see myself moving back here. Oh, it's, you know, there's all these cool things to see and do. But when I was growing up, it was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's totally different. You know, I, I look up like property prices on Zillow and I'm like, wait, this goes for how much <laughs> now? Like, you're kidding. Like, I, it's, it's unbelievable, really. But yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, first off, too cold for me. I'm not yeah. a cold guy. I know you're in Chicago, but yeah. I'm, I've never really liked cold weather. So yeah. I had to get away for that. Um, I moved out when I uh, went to college, so and never and never looked back. Never looked back. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess a little looking back now that it's like hip, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I grew up down the river from you uh, in Cincinnati. That was my right. where I grew That's up. Right. Yeah, so um, it was kind of the same. Like it was a city that was like fine, but like there was not really much there to do. And now, like it's the same as Pittsburgh. It's like. Uh, it's getting written up as like the best city to live in in Ohio, and like right. you know, it's all like these people are moving there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the same as you. I'm like, oh, cool. I would, you know, I would consider moving back. And then I look up prices and I'm like, well, it's as expensive as Chicago and I'm going to make less money. So no way. Here it's we are. It's as expensive as Chicago. No, 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 it's not. It's no. not really. But, not but really. like you, but it's, it's, it's like in the ballpark. It's not yeah. like, like a huge hop down. Yeah. 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 Similar. And it's, I mean, it's similar to Houston. I mean, it's the same way. Yeah. And you're like, I think especially because like when I last lived there, it was 2006. Like I compare like rental prices or like property prices to that. And I'm like, oh, no way. It's the same. Like you said, I'm like, oh, no way. I'm not paying $500,000 for a house in Cincinnati. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. We went to Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. Um, For we actually went for like a weekend trip and saw Ed Sheeran at PNC Park, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. PNC Park is like beautiful. Right? Yeah, it was gorgeous. Oh, uh, it's like I, I, I mean, it's a shame the ball the ball club sucks, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up going to the games. I mean, we used to have 
before PNC Park, Three Rivers Stadium when I was growing up, which is those yep. like, you know, I, I love MLB stadiums and like reading about stuff like that. And I remember having like this big almanac of baseball ballparks and Three Rivers Stadium was in this like era called like cookie cutter where mm-hmm. they would just build ones that could be for football and baseball. They had no unique architecture at all. And that place was a dump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd spend like, I think it was $3 general admission and we'd sit in like the nosebleed seats on like the, you know, third deck up. Yeah. Um, and then when we switched to PNC Park, I was like, oh my gosh, this is an actual baseball stadium. And, you know, you, you don't see like the, the, the end zone printed on the field yeah. still from the Steelers game. This is great. But yeah, yeah PNC Park is just gorgeous, man. That's I love just- it. It's so funny because like the cities are uh, for cities that hate each other a lot, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. That's exactly the same. Yeah, we had the same yeah. thing, same stadium, like, what, like Synergy <laughs> Stadium or whatever it was yeah. back then, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was Riverfront and then became Synergy Field. But yeah, it was like Bengals and the Reds shared it. Yeah, it was, I think it was exactly the same design, honestly, as as Three River yeah. Stadium. They all were. They were yeah. all the same. Veteran Stadium yeah. in Philly. Three River Stadium, Synergy Field, um, <laughs> the one that Cleveland had prior to um, oh, yeah. Progressive Field, all the same. Yeah. All. Yeah. I love the old, I love the field ballparks now, how they're like old but like new, you know? Yeah, the gem box. <laughs> yeah. The gem they're box so ones. great. They're it, so it, great. Beautiful, beautiful. And and I know like the only one of like the cookie cutter ones that is still in the MLB is Oakland, which like they just oh. can't get it together in the new <laughs> park. Uh, it's all right. They'll be fine. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, have you ever been to the Big Mac Museum in the Pittsburgh suburbs? The Big Mac Museum? Yeah. No. No, so you I didn't know heard. about it? I didn't know I, about I, it when I went or I would have gone. <laughs> I never heard about that. No. Yeah. It's, a, it's apparently um, it was like the McDonald's location where the Big Mac was created or invented. I knew um, that it was invented in, in the area. I yeah. knew that. But I didn't yeah. know it was a museum. Yeah, and the inside of that restaurant, apparently, they have, like, in the center part, they have, like, a giant Big Mac statue and a bunch of, like, memorabilia about the Big Mac through the years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I should have wow. hit it up. I didn't know, like I said. I'm going to have to, like, put that on my list. There's, like, a lot in Pittsburgh that I, like, either forgot about or just haven't seen yet, but I'll yeah. have to put that on there. Yeah. Um, I also have – this is another Pittsburgh question for you before sure. we jump into, like, more about you. Can you explain to me – <laughs> what a yinzer is oh yeah yeah so a yinzer is basically like um trying to think of like a good analogy here but a yinzer would be someone who is born and raised in pittsburgh um probably like never sees any cities outside of pittsburgh really like almost like their whole life has been in this like bubble of pittsburgh okay um and they also do stereotypical pittsburgher activities like you know, if it's a Sunday, that person's definitely going to be watching the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to drink uh, Iron City beer for sure. Um, okay. There's no question about it. Their favorite food is probably going to be Primani Brothers, which is okay. admittedly quite good. But it's basically like the sandwich that has like, you know, your your beef, your uh, coleslaw and then fries on it. Um, probably. Uh, drives poorly (laughs) and and calls people a jag off, which is like Pittsburgh slang for like an asshole. Okay. So yeah, probably like just very stereotypical Pittsburgh behaviors. Okay. Um, Yeah. So that's what I would say a yinzer is. (laughs) Probably um, like a little classist in there too. Like it's probably like a lower middle class thing. Um, But yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Okay. I had to guess. 
it doesn't um, it didn't necessarily like seem what I could see the way that it was described and I didn't do a lot of research it didn't seem insulting but like people also didn't seem to take it like a compliment so it was like somewhere in the middle yeah cor- correct like if okay. you, like I remember <laughs> like when I was in college like um, I was I was in New Orleans but there was someone else from my floor that lived in Pittsburgh and I remember um, like there was like a Facebook group that I joined and I was probably a, like you know, lower middle class and he was probably like upper, upper middle class. And, uh, when I joined this group, it was basically like us talking about our plans for when we got back in May and like what, you know, bars and things we'd go to. And I remember he messaged me. He's like, you should just rename this group, like Yinzer convention. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it's good. It's, uh, it's good to know what, uh, what, what, it, what they mean by that. Right. Um, if, as you were growing up, like, uh, in Pittsburgh and with your family, what would you say if you had to like equate your sort of like childhood family home okay. stuff like that, what TV show would you equate it with the most? Oh man. You know, my mom is going to hate this because she's like, no, it was not like that. But it, I mean, I would just say, um, well, we only had two kids, but I always say like Malcolm in the middle. Cause I was, I was always compared to Malcolm. Right. Okay. And, and it wasn't exactly like that. Like we were, we were a little bit more like upper a little bit higher middle class probably than like okay. they, cause I remember they like always were portrayed as pretty destitute, which I wouldn't say is fair, right. but uh, I always say it was like Malcolm in the middle, a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, that's awesome. What, um, and you're the oldest of the kids. Is that right? You have t- yeah, a younger brother. Yeah. yeah. I have one younger brother. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, who in elementary school was your favorite elementary school teacher? Oh man. Um, I guess my favorite one was probably second grade is this, this woman, Mrs. Gust was her name. And I I remember like she had catchphrases and (laughs) I was in second grade and I remember she just had all these catchphrases that she would say, like, if, you know, like the most memorable one was like, if you like handed in like some, like, I don't know, you typically be gluing stuff together and like doing second grade activities. Like, I don't know. I always said like, why can't we just like write down the answer? Like, why do we have to like cut out the square with the word and then paste <laughs> it? And then I, I realized it's like, Oh yeah. Motor skills. Okay, fine. Right. But like, I always hated that. And like, if you like took tons of glue, which like any seventh grade, I feel like second grade girls have like a good handle on like paper to glue ratio. Yeah. Boys do not like, we just no. want to just take the Elmers and just slap yep. it on. And you'd come up to her and you'd hand it in and there'd be like glue caked all <laughs> over your worksheet. And she would say, yikes, stripes, you know, like that. And my friend, I, you know, I had my buddy in second grade and he's like, why does she always say that? It doesn't even rhyme, you know? <laughs> and to this day, I remember her saying yikes, stripes a lot. And there were other catchphrases, but I told this story to my mom and girlfriend when my mom was in town fairly recently. And she's like, oh yeah, I remember that. And my mom ran into her maybe like a month ago at a store and my mom goes, you know, it's funny. Ian was just talking about you and he remembers how you always used to say, and then she goes, please don't tell me he said, yikes, stripes. I did not say that that much. <laughs> it's, that's amazing. She must, uh, she must hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, she definitely said it a ton. Like that was, that was her number one catchphrase. There were other ones for sure, but that was, that was the biggie. And she was just really nice. You know, uh, I, I don't know, like my fourth grade teacher scared the hell out of me, like made me like, just like want to like hide in a locker. Like she was like the stereotypical, like, you know, you imagine like an old movie where, you know, the teacher is like the antagonist. Oh yeah. Like something like that, like a kid's (laughs) cartoon, like, um, 
that that was probably fourth grade. Third grade was some grumpy old guy, but second grade she was really nice. Yeah. yeah. What the reason I ask is like I feel like I was the oldest in my family too, so okay. oldest oldest oh, child yeah. represent. Um, yeah. I feel like whether it's right or wrong, I feel like we mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for like what teachers expect of our siblings. Yes. Oh yeah. I knew you were going to go there as soon as you said the oldest, as soon yeah. as you said the oldest, because my brother was very different than me personality wise. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's behave, he behaves well, right. Mm-hmm. Like in school, but I'm like much more of like an academic bent. Yeah. Right? So when we were in like younger years, you know, Ryan, yeah, not so much keeping up on his homework or whatever. And I was always like, get home from school, do the homework, get it done. And then, good student, you know, strong student. Ryan was, he's an okay student, just like average, but you know, things would come up and they'd be like, well, it wasn't this way with Ian. And my mom would be like, they're two different people. That's right. why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had the same thing. I had two brothers and, and we were all very different. So, um, I felt, I kind of felt bad for them. Um, because I was the same as you. I like, right. I was like, well behaved. Um, I like, I did all my homework. Like I actually got straight A's for quite some time. Like I was pretty in, like in, I was a nerd. I yeah. was into school. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so then my, my other brothers came along and they were like not having it. And, uh, same thing. It was like, so the reason I was asking is I, um, I was going to ask you what I thought, what you thought Miss Gust would say about you. Um, if we ask her like, you know, to describe you as a kid. Um, I would say, uh, good student, but, uh, probably needs to stop picking his nose. <laughs> Every school has a has a nose picker. Every every grade, I every, think. Every grade and every school and every class. Like I remember when I was in um, in college, like someone told me like there was a chemical engineering professor that we had, and there it was the year below me, so I wasn't in the class. And he, the professor, straight up called like a twenty one year old student, like, "Hey, uh, you digging for gold there, Johnny?" Oh <laughs> and um, you know, like. Then afterward, he's like, "Hey, I'm really sorry about that, but like, you know, it's just when I was in when I was in college, my professors would bust my balls about it too. So I just had to say, it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? Yeah, I kind of left that one. I left that one back, but uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens, yeah. you know. Sometimes yeah, you just, definitely. and honestly, sometimes tissues can't get that where you need to get. If I'm being honest, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 true. I mean, if you really think about it." I like blowing your nose is just a sophisticated picking of your nose. Absolutely. It's just really what it comes down to. At the <laughs> Absolutely. End of the day, we all, we all have this <laughs> happen to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Were you always into like, um, I know that you ended up majoring like in, in more of like the science realm. Were you always into yeah. like science math over like your English history, like more liberal artsy kind of things? Yeah, I would say so. Like, I think when I was like really young, uh, we had to do like the thing when you graduate kindergarten, you go up on stage and say what you want to be. And I, I remember I said like meteorologist. Oh yeah. It was good for like kindergarten. And then I always said like scientist or astronomer or something. I was always like obsessed with planets and stuff. Um, I think middle school, I kind of deviated maybe a little bit because I was really into sports and like, you think like around the horn ESPN, pardon the interruption was really big at that time. So I was like, oh, I think I want to be a sports journalist. That mm-hmm. seems really cool. And then by the time I hit high school, I kind of like was back in the science classes. So I was like, oh, yeah, this seems like what I want to do. Forget that. You don't make it was like I felt like there just wasn't money in it from what I read. So I was like, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Can yeah. be a hobby. <laughs> yeah. It's either like you make nothing or you make like a ton of money. You're one of the very few that make a ton. Yeah. Um, are you still into like planets and stuff? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm really, I really like astronomy, actually. Yeah. Definitely. Any interest in doing like a space flight or anything like that? Um, that would be cool, but I mean, I'm not like you know, it's not on my calendar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, probably, you know? yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knew that like anybody would ever go though? So maybe, right. maybe it, it'll get it, cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you went to Tulane, which I, I think I can't remember if you mentioned earlier. I know you said you moved away for college, but you went to yeah, Tulane. Yeah, went south. Yeah. yeah. Went to New Orleans. What made you pick Tulane? Okay, like honestly, um, I knew that I wanted to get away <laughs> from yeah. Pittsburgh. Right. Sure. I knew that for sure. So I applied to a bunch of different schools and I applied to Pitt just, you know, because like I'm sure to get in, it's a very safe option if I end up chickening out and just wanting to stay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I applied to a bunch of different schools and out of the ones I uh, got into Tulane, I went on the, uh, the campus tour. I mean, it was just like a beautiful, sunny, warm day and like everything seemed, it seemed like kind of like medium sized school. So it wasn't like super huge, like, you know, like Penn state or something, right. Where like, I felt like I could just easily just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this seems size wise. Right. And I just went on the tour and I was like, this is where I want to go. I want to okay. go here. Okay. Yeah. So you just knew interesting. Yeah. I just knew from the tour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What was it like? Um, what was it like uh, turning legal drinking age while living in New Orleans? Was that like, uh... <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, right. But I mean, it's uh, every uh, two lane. It's just an open secret. It wasn't like, like the day I turned 21 was no different than <laughs> it had been since I was a freshman. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can like a lot of the bars down there are 18 to get in. It's yep. once you're in, it's not that hard to get it. And, um, you know, it's, you're not there. You're not going to be standing there. I mean, there were, I think a couple times like my junior year when I was, you know, not going out all the time, but like, uh, there were some raids or whatever, but like once you had it, like no one was going to card you. So, yeah. 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 Um, I think I remember my 21st birthday. It was kind of like unlucky a little bit where it was the, uh, Monday after spring break. So like the first day back to classes, like that Monday, so remember the clock at Sunday at midnight, I remember like being just like, I, I worked as an RA, I was at the dorms and I like looked at my watch. I'm like, Oh, I'm 21. And someone's like, you're 21 right now. Why aren't you like out drinking? I was like, do you think anyone wants to go party right now? Like everyone's <laughs> just like pissed off that they have to go back to class tomorrow. Like no one wants to be here right now. Everyone's just still thinking about spring break. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, un- that's some pretty unfortunate timing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. I, but I mean, big deal. So I remember what I did was I, there was like this little store off campus, um, that sold, you know, your, your alcoholic beverages. And it was, they were very, you know, obviously very strict as they should be. You know, store is one of the harder ones to get some at. And yeah. uh, I remember I walked in had my ID. I bought, uh, I think it was like a, a thing of Patron was what okay. I bought. And I just went, I bought it and then they looked at my ID bought it. And then I was like, Oh, okay. That's it. You know, that was cool. <laughs> that was neat. <laughs> I yeah. think I had a nightcap and then I was like, Oh, my first legal drink. Okay. Yeah. 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 You, it's like, you spend so much time building it up and then right. it's like, Oh, that was it. Like that was it. <laughs> There's nothing to it. Like I, it, it's with everything, right? Like you turn 18. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, cigarettes, I'd never was really, really big into or anything like that, but like, Oh, I can buy a lottery ticket. Right. You know, you like walk up to the thing, you, you buy your lottery ticket and you're just like, <laughs> cool. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I, it's like a rite of passage, I guess. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, one, so New Orleans is is obviously a great city. A, a lot of people yeah, visit. Um, some of the best food I've ever had in my life. Uh, <laughs> if great I went food. to school there, I would have left like I would have literally been had to have been wheeled out like in a hospital bed, probably. Uh, um, that that last semester that I was there, I I gained a ton of weight. I remember eating out like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming back to Pittsburgh and my parents being like, your clothes don't fit. <laughs> like your shirts are like bursting. <laughs> and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, eating. I'm eating well for like the first time in my life <laughs> at this school. So, um, yeah, there's, there was a restaurant that I went to. I still remember it was like, it was almost like a, it was a cafeteria. It was called mother's. Okay. Um, it was near the casino, actually. Oh like, yeah, the yeah, near Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. Okay. it was so good. I remember, like, I went and I like got something that my friend had recommended, and then I like went back through the line and got more. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. like, oh, this is great. Like, I would go here. Uh, like, I could go here every day that we're here, but my wife yeah. is not about that. No, so, <laughs> not gonna let it happen. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean the food, the food in the food in New Orleans was incredible. Yeah, and it's All like right. it literally is like nowhere nowhere else I've ever been. Like, it's yeah. very unique. Um, you were still in college when you went on to big brother season was, 14, yeah, right? I was, yeah. that's, that is correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, I read that you were a longtime fan of the game that and is, the show. That is true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was, I, I like grew up watching it, you know, from yeah. like, you know, probably I guess fourth grade on really. So, okay. Yeah. Um, it's from, from what I can see it traditionally, like being a fan doesn't always equate to like having done well once you get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the case. I feel like that's common because, um, the type of person that the show casts is going to skew more towards like athletic, um, model actress types, right? Yeah. Like the, at least in the more recent ones, you know, from what I, uh, I noticed and, and when I was on as well, like that middle stretch to, to modern, times so if you're like a big fan of the show typically the people that are like really big fans of the show are going to be people that are watching tv a lot maybe couch potato types or nerdy you know sitting on the computer watching all the time so i definitely fall into that group and you know obviously if it skews towards that it's a social game you're going to have a hard time it's not going to be uh not going to be super easy yeah yeah, yeah. But that's true typically uh like the super fans uh, don't do well. Yeah. What was um, so? What was it like applying? Like, what was your process like of applying? And then how? Like, how did it go until you found out that you actually had been um, made had made the cast? Yeah. So I um, was. I had just turned twenty one. It was uh, so early April was when I decided to go and try to get on the show. So I took a streetcar uh, from Tulane's campus to, it was at the Hard Rock Cafe in New Orleans, so okay. pretty close to where the Harris was. And I remember, like, they gave you a piece of paper with a number, and they told you to sit and wait until your number was called. And then you did, like, a group interview. And I was in a group interview with um, two, two women that I had no idea who they were, but they were friends with each other. And okay. someone just asked you, like, questions like, you know, who's your favorite contestant on the show or what would you do in the house or what do you think would be the hardest thing about it? You know, blah, blah, blah. So you do this group interview and, um, they asked you questions about like, you filled out like a form, like what's your job? What do you do? How old are you? Stuff like that. And they asked you questions about that. 
And then um, they say, hey, if we're, if we're interested, we'll call you. Okay. And we'll give you a call if, uh, if you're interested. So I went and I thought it went okay. Um, I had applied for Survivor a little bit before, uh, like about a summer, the summer before, because Survivor had a lower age requirement. It was 18 instead of 21. And I thought it went about the same as that. And I never heard back for Survivor. So I was... Um, you know, not really expecting anything. The next day, my phone rang with an LA number and they wanted me to do a, uh, a follow-up interview. So I went to the follow-up interview and it, they told me to just go downtown on a certain day to a, you know, it was a hotel and it was a 45 minute one-on-one interview this time. Okay. And I had read like going in, if your interview goes 40, the full 45 minutes, that's like a great sign. If it only goes 25 minutes, it means they're not interested. And I went the full 45 minutes, so I felt great about it. That was more, you know, asking more detailed questions about like, you know, how, what, what were you like when you grew up? What do you like now? Stuff like that. And then anytime you answered a question, they wanted a story to kind of like give evidence to it. You can't be like, oh yeah, I'm totally outrageous. And then yeah. the, okay, say something outrageous that you did. And you're just like, uh, you know, like they, they want someone who can back it up, right? Yeah. So um, basically I just came in prepared and uh, knew what I was going to say. And if I was going to say a claim, I was going to have uh, some a story that would back that up. And I did that. Um, and they said, if we want you, we'll call you. <laughs> and um, about a month or so passed, I'd say. And then it was like a finals. So they actually fly you out to LA. Okay. Um, they, you know, that's, that's like a bunch of one-on-one interviews. Like you stay in a hotel, you don't leave and a bunch of one-on-one interviews with like CBS and production, things like that. And, um, after that, then that's when you, um, you know, they, they make their decision and then they eventually come and get you, you know, okay. a couple weeks after that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yes. Um, for people that may not have watched the show, I should have done this, sorry, before. <laughs> uh, can you give just a quick, quick synopsis of sort of like yeah. how it works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the way I always describe it is it's like Survivor where, you know, everyone kind of, I feel like everyone kind of knows what Survivor was, right? Mm-hmm. Where the people are, are dropped onto this island. They don't get to eat and, you know, they, they have to just vote people out, mm-hmm. right? And they vote off one person every few days. And whoever the last one left is wins. So I always just say, um, you know, survivor, but it's in a, a house. It's in a, a well-stocked, pretty nice house. The house is actually a soundstage, but, you know, it looks like a house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty much just that. It's very, uh, you know, very, very, very much survivor, but in a house, I would say is the best way to explain it. Yeah. So you compete for different things like head of household to get like right. – um, Power to like yeah. nominate people for elimination yeah. and then like veto is basically like you know your safety immunity or whatever right so yeah there's there's the different competitions um but you know it's it's basically that right you're you're in this house you're cut off from the outside world that's the other really big thing right like because yeah. the next the natural follow-up people always go so you get like tv and like newspapers <laughs> phones i'm like no none of that yeah um so you know, it's basically you're completely isolated from the outside world. So you don't have anything to do other than, you know, basically supposedly sit and plot and scheme. But I, I don't even know how you fill out like an entire day of that. Like you right. just get so bored. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it is a lot of just sitting around and, and waiting, yeah. sitting around and just, you know, twiddling your thumbs. But that's basically it. Yeah. 
Um, you, the season that you were on was, I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first season where you had past house guests come back as coaches. Yeah, yeah. So it's the only season. The that only they did okay. that. yeah. The only season they tried that format. Um, so that was interesting. Um, so it was like a mixed thing, uh, mixed of, of new players and older players. So it kind of like changes the dynamic a little bit, um, and I think actually makes it makes it a little more difficult. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because because ultimately, I th- and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but they there was something that happened like a little ways in where the people that came back as coaches actually like unit almost unanimously voted to sort of reset the game and then join as house guests. So they were all of a sudden in the competition against you. Correct. Right. So it's (laughs) sort of like one of those things where it's like, you feel like we've kind of been like duped this whole time because here we've been telling like at least one person, pretty much everything about like what we're trying to do and what like our goals are in the game. And, um, now they're in the game for themselves, yeah. right? Like they're, they're, they're no longer like contractual, not contractually, but like they're no longer bound to you winning means I win. It's now right. I win and screw you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was definitely tricky. And also like we couldn't vote them out when they were coaches, right? Like they couldn't right. be eliminated. So like we had to survive at least a few rounds to even get to that point. Right. And now they're in the game. So it's like, well, what happened there? Like, why were you just like, this is like a free pass for 27 days. What is that? Yeah, absolutely. And every, I mean, honestly, when you put like a cash prize on the line at this point, you know, and um, for people that, again, that may not have, have watched, I think the prize uh, was $500,000. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's obviously the stakes are, the stakes are high. So it's yeah, literally I mean, every you're, person you're for have, themselves. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, there's going to be resentment. Right? Yeah. And over pretty much any decision that gets made um, yeah. when it's that kind of money. So and especially like when I was like that young too, like 21, I'm still in college, super, super broke. Right. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I, I like, I remember the, that, that when I was in there, my mentality was like, if I don't win, I'm going to die. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was like the mindset that I went into it with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just makes it, uh, it, 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 it makes it hard. It makes it really tough. Yeah. And I like if I'm thinking back to being 21. On the flip side of that, five hundred thousand dollars sounds like so much money. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yes. at that age, you're probably like, oh, I could just like live off of you know, like I could yeah, just like. You think you would like retire? <laughs> I'm and, like, set. You, you fly like first class for the rest of your life, and like yeah. you're gonna take a limousine everywhere or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, the reality is like, oh hey, um, is that. When they when they do pay, so uh, again like you you went on obviously to to win that season which was awesome um, yeah. I have some listener questions here in a minute that I sure. want to get to but um, right. what um, when they do pay out the winnings is that like is it like a lump sum or do they like um, yes. do they give it to you in distributions no that's or a disbursements lump sum. okay lump sum uh, taxes though they do take yeah <laughs> so yep. uh, you know he gets his cut I think like after it's all said and done I clear like two ninety six or something like that so okay. A uh, little bit less than sixty percent, but <laughs> yeah. You know, wow. Who's counting? <laughs> who's counting? What was your favorite moment from the season? Before I ask listener questions. Oh, I think my favorite moment was like just kind of getting down towards the end, and uh, like there was like a live show, and I didn't I didn't know like a hundred percent I was going to get voted off, but I knew I was like at risk, mm-hmm. and I, I ended up winning the uh, competition to to veto myself off of the nominations and I was like guaranteed to go on to the next round. And I feel like doing that on live TV, it just was like exhilarating. Like, I think that feeling was just like, uh, you know, like you just are 
it, you, it feels great. You know, there's no better feeling than like, I just guaranteed myself a one in five chance at a half million dollars instead of just, you know, possibly losing here at one in six. Right. So that, that was my favorite <laughs> moment. Like it just feels so it's the security. Yeah. It just feels so good. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. What, um, so these are listener questions that, I, that sure. were sent in. Um, the first cool. was, what was it like meeting Julie Chen? You know, it's actually kind of funny because um, I, she's very um, she's very much like stick to the cue card. Mm-hmm. She very much stays to the script, right? She's she's pleasant, right? She's very nice, but like she like the interaction that you have with her is very very limited, right? Like it's just you know she sticks to the questions that she's supposed to ask, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there's very little bit of side like hey, you know, like when we first went in, she was like. Good luck. Nice to have all of you. Hope you hope it goes well. And then she reads the teleprompter, and you know that's basically it. Um, very nice though. Um, I've I've always had pleasant experiences with her. Okay. Very professional, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second is how challenging was it to play alongside returning players, and did you find yourself starstruck since they were big names in the prior Big Brother seasons? Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of like the tough, the toughest thing um, I had going the first time around, and it's sort of interesting. Like they've done, like someone did. It wasn't Big Brother but it was Survivor where they, they said, "What is the like if they have a season where it's mixed, right? Where it's like returning players and new players. Mm-hmm. How often do the returning players do well versus the new players in those situations? And the returning players like mop the floor with the new players, so." You know, the supposed um, uh, conclusion that you would make is that if you're a new player in that situation, it makes it a lot more difficult. So not only was I starstruck, which I think is part of why they they tend to do well, is, you know, you don't want to vote out these people that you like from TV. Right. You know, right. Um, It makes it a lot more difficult. And also they've been there, so they kind of just know what to do, where, you know, on the new player seasons where it's all new people, like, they're going to be getting into fights and screaming at each other and, you know, just doing things that don't even make sense from a game standpoint. And then when it's a um, season where there's returning players, they just are are like, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to scream at anyone. I'm not going to get into fights. Um, So they're much more subdued. And then that, that works out for them in a mixed situation because they're not causing conflict where the new people haven't figured it out. Mm -hmm. So that makes it really tough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I never, I never thought about the the uh, aspect of like not wanting to vote somebody off that you already like from watching them on on TV. That would be, I never even thought of that. That would be, and, and it comes up. It's it's uh, it comes up all the time because you feel like you already know them, right? right? And yeah. so it's like, oh, I've already, I already know this person. I know what they're like. I like them. Yeah, they're my favorites, right? So yeah. Yeah. you know that makes it tough. That's that's. I think that's probably like the the one of the bigger parts of the reason that they do well in, in mixed player situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a multi-part question okay. and it's very specific. So I'm going to have to okay. have you explain a little to me. Okay. <laughs> um, can you describe what it was like to be there for one of the biggest plays in big brother history, yes. Dan's funeral mm-hmm. and how awkward was it in the room when you tore into Danielle? And then the second part is, yes, I guess that's technically two questions, but the third right. then would be also, when did you realize it was all strategy and not a pity party goodbye moment? Um, I think, um, oh, I mean, it was definitely, it's three parts. I mean, I, 
I thought he was there was something he was up to something, but I was like, well, whatever it is, this isn't gonna work. Um, that was my first thought. I was like, I don't know what this is. Like he, I knew he likes to make like camera time. Like he likes yeah. to do big <laughs> moments. So I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not sure what this is, but whatever, just dismissed it. It was awkward as hell. Um, I just didn't, didn't want to be around it at that point. I just kind of wanted to separate from it and just like move along, do go about my day, go back to doing whatever. I think I started getting really, really like just this really weird vibe, like, a day or two after where I was like, I don't know, something just seems wrong here. Something seems up. Like, I think, I think something is going to happen. That's not exactly expected, but I kind of just dismissed it. You put blinders on. And then the next day when he was pulled down from the nomination block, I was like, ah, damn it. Like, (laughs) this is not good for me. This is bad. And I'm now like going to be in a world of hurt in the game, like moving forward. Like I'm going to have to, uh, pretty much haul ass to get a get any get any traction. I basically realized I have to win the next HOH, the next head of household competition, to have any chance of uh, pulling anything together to get into the deep end game. So, um, and the last question from listeners was: Was it intimidating being in the final two with one of the best players and winners of all time? And were you confident that you had a win? Yeah, I, I think it was it was intimidating, yeah, for sure, because, you know, he there's always that, like, seed of doubt, right? But I had a good feeling that I would win. I, I felt like there was, at least in my mind, a few different cases when I looked at the people that were voting on the winner, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this guy, one of them had already said, he's like, I would not, he's like, the, when the coaches got dumped in, he said, well, the top, the maximum prize the coaches can win just went from $100,000 to $50,000. So I was like, that guy won't vote for any returning players. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, he just like screwed over really, really badly, right? Like, you know, the round, a round or two before uh, the final two. So at final four, he screwed over this one guy really badly. So he's probably not going to get his vote. I was like, this person I'm really close with, so I'm probably going to get her vote. I'm like, that's three right there. So that's three you only need four to win and i'm like i'm pretty sure i have this one person's vote and i'm pretty sure i have this other person's vote so i feel pretty good about my chances whereas if i didn't go to the end with him i wouldn't get the one guy's vote because the other option didn't screw him over and uh again it's not a returning player so that one guy who wouldn't vote for any returning player wouldn't vote for uh wouldn't have that you know he might vote for her i don't really know so I felt like I made the right call and I felt good about it. If you have three votes locked and you're feeling okay about the other ones when you only need four, yeah, it's probably going to be a good situation for you. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, okay. So after, after big brother, you take yeah. your 296 post tax dollars. Um, did, and did you go back to finish at Tulane? Is that like, were you in the middle? I did. Okay. Yeah, okay. I went right back. Like I had like two or three months in between um, just finishing the show and then going back for the spring semester in January. Okay. So, um, you know, I felt like pretty, pretty good about it. Um, you know, I got to go back to school. I just wanted to kind of just get, get done, finish the degree. I had a year left. I wasn't going to just quit uh, because I won the show. Right. So just finished up. Yeah. Um, okay. And then after graduation, um, was it, was it the first role that your first job that you had teaching, uh, teaching in Houston? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Um, I never had any 
like actual job other than like you know like goofy you know part-time gigs you know growing up yeah. so uh my first full-time job was teaching yeah i uh, taught physics uh for it ended up being like four and a half years so that was pretty uh pretty long time it's the longest i've held any singular job so yeah did you like teaching yeah it was okay i had a good time um yeah. it was really uh really like different than what I was used to, because I think when I was in college, you, you know, chemical engineering classes, especially the higher end ones, you just go in, some old professor guy would just like lecture at you for 50 minutes and high school, a little bit different. You know, there's more of the interaction, more of the relationship building, things that go into it like that. So definitely, uh, had to, um, think of it differently. That mm-hmm. was, that's how I would say, um, that there was that transition there because I was very used to just being lectured at. So when I first got in there, I was like, well, that's what you do. You just lecture at people for 50 minutes. Right. And, uh, not the case at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all in high school. Um, <laughs> uh, and then after that went on to, you're now working in, I don't, and you can tell me if you don't want to talk about this because sure. some people don't like to talk about their jobs. Um, yeah, but like, in, like consulting now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do consulting now. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, I, I think it was a good call to switch. Um, yeah. It was just kind of, I was getting a little bit bored with teaching uh, after a few years. And, um, you know, I thought about, okay, well, what do I want to do? Well, with chemical engineering degree, it seemed like people either went into actually doing chemical engineering or they went into consulting. And it's hard to get back into the engineering world after you've left it. So okay. consulting yeah. was pretty much like the natural choice there. So, okay. Out of necessity, kind of, I uh, went for consulting out of the two. And it's okay. I mean, I think every one of the different places that I work in has had, like, their own uh, pros and cons. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like consulting is pretty similar. I mean, it's like a, a gig where it's rare that anyone stays at any one place for more than a couple uh, years. Yep. Um, you know, you definitely have to, uh, you know, go for it where... Um, it's a lot of hours, so it can be, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, 12, 15 hours, 16 hours a day was probably the worst. I had a stretch right before COVID where I was working 15, 16 hours every day. Um, so yeah, yeah, it can be brutal, but I mean, at the end of the day, some, it's not always like that and it's definitely worth it. Um, you just have to think differently and you have to, you know, you gotta be pretty organized. I think it's really one of the biggest things. Yeah. Do you, but you miss, it sounds like maybe you miss the hands-on part of the like actual engineering. Yeah, I do a little bit for sure. I mean, that was really fun. Um, and I like STEM, right? Like I really find STEM and science really interesting. So, um, you know, the fact that I don't really do anything involving chemical engineering or, or physics or science or anything like that, that definitely is not optimal, right? Like, you know, I work with accounting software, so yeah. I don't know. I think accounting <laughs> is kind of boring, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and there's a problem solving aspect to it. So it's not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So who knows, who knows what, what's in the future? Um, in 2020, you went back to uh, big brother for the all-star season. I did. Um, yeah. Big brother right. 22. What, so yes. what was it like being back? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, like I said, so like the first time my mindset was like, if I don't win this money, I'm going to die. Yeah. Which I didn't have that the second time around. Sure. Um, so that was at least good. You, you kind of get like a, 
a feeling, you know what $500,000 actually is, right? So yeah. I didn't have that same, like, that same, I guess you could say, like, ferocity, right? Like, where I was really just, like, in it. Like, I'm just so in the game. I'm really clawing at it to win. I just went in just more almost like a laid-back kind, of, uh, kind of way. And um, I think that was pretty evident from what I understand, <laughs> like, just watching, like, Apparently, I was, like, barely featured because I was – I'm pretty boring person, right? I'm not like I was in college. Like, it, it seemed to me like there wasn't, like, the same amount of vetting because they already know you. Yeah. Like, 10 years or 8 years in that case is a pretty big difference between, uh, you know, especially 21 versus 29, right? Right. I think that's just a big difference in, in terms of personality. So when I'm 21, I'm just a lot more youthful, a lot more – um, you know, interested in just being on TV and just doing things for the sake of television, right? Whereas 29, I'm just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm playing the game. Um, not really going to do anything too crazy. Just sort of here to, you know, play play with the dice, give me, play the situations that I get and uh, see what happens. Um, I kind of knew going in, I felt like I didn't have a very good chance. <laughs> so... I just said, I'm just going to take it and see what happens. And um, honestly, I, I remember going on the show and telling my girlfriend before I left, like, I think I'm going to be home in like two weeks. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I, I didn't expect to go very far because I figured like, I, you know, returning winner um, didn't know how many there were going to be. Um, you're playing with all returning players. So like the starstruck factor isn't going to be in play. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that going for me. Um, and also within like the network of alumni, I felt like I'm someone who's sort of like removed from it because I, I don't have like the Instagram where I'm like, you know, selling, you know, flat belly tea and all that stuff. (laughs) Like I, I go to, I go to a consulting job, you know, I sit in an office all day. Right. Right. So I felt like I wasn't really connected, um, just going in and that's going to make a big difference. So, um, you know, I said, yeah, I'll probably be out pretty quickly i actually went further than i expected further than i expected um not still wasn't happy with the result but um at least i was like in the out in the middle of the game you know it wasn't like i was like one of the first people out so that was fine yeah you and i think it um if i if i'm researching right it was like 44 days total before yeah. you were yeah, it's like just over half yeah yeah, yeah. Um, are you still a fan of the show now? And do you think that we've seen the last of you in, in any house? Yeah, I'm definitely done with the show. Um, <laughs> no question about that. Um, I mean, the second time was like pulling teeth. Um, every single day was tiresome. I felt like I wasn't enjoying it. The first time I was there, I had a blast almost every day. Mm. I had a great time every single day. I was there all, almost the whole time. Um, whereas the second time, it just felt like it was a grind. Like I treated it like... You know, this is work. I'm not here to have fun. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not here to have a good time. I'm just here to try to collect a check at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I'd say that's just. I feel like without the enjoyment factor, it kind of makes it. Um, you know, it, it affects your play. Like you want to be in there and have fun. I think is is kind of what it is. You have to want to actually like be there. Yeah. And I can't say that that was honestly true, the second time I played. Yeah. Um, I saw it as a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you're obviously pretty much a uh, pretty big guy uh, into strategy guy. 
And yeah, I know definitely. like you, you mentioned earlier playing backgammon. Um, yeah. and then you represented the U S at the world backgammon championships in Germany last year. What was that like? That was great. I mean, that was, uh, that was probably a highlight of, uh, of my backgammon playing career. I've been playing seriously for about, uh, I guess, five years at this point. Um, and I mean, it was really fun, uh, getting to go over there, represent your country. Um, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. I just had a great time. You get to get to play against like people from other, uh, from other nations and you got like the little flag next to you. And when you win a match, it feels really good because you're really, I mean, there was a small cash prize, but, uh, it felt like we were playing, like I wanted to be there. I was playing for, for my country, you know, yeah. playing for the U S and it's just really cool. How did you end up doing? Uh, I think we came in like 10th out of 19 places. So basically like the exact medium yeah. <laughs> result, the, the most <laughs> mediocre possible <laughs> result you could have. Right. So I guess, yeah, like I just said, big brother, 44 days out of like 80, uh, 85. So like the exact mediocre result. And then I guess this one, same <laughs> pretty <laughs> mediocre result for team USA. But I mean, that was the thing. I had a great time over there. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to change that experience. I'm so glad that I went and um, I just had a, a ton of fun. And you would do that again if you could. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That I would definitely do again. It's tough with work. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, basically like the way that happened was, um, you know, they put a team together and, uh, you know, a guy dropped out. So they had to find a replacement and they said, hey, you're, you know, you're a really good player. So you know, do you want to go and, and represent the U S and I was like, Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm so, so down to do that. Like I'm really, really interested in doing that. So I, uh, I was just thrilled to go, uh, to go over there. I would do that again in a heartbeat tough with work, but I'd love to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. If I had the opportunity, those are my questions for the first round. Are you still good to move into the second round? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. So this is the five for five round, like I mentioned earlier, named after the culinary deal from Arby's from the 90s. Um, what will happen is um, I have five questions prepared for you. I think you have five questions for me. Um, you're the guest. So if you would like, you can go first uh, and we'll just ping pong back and forth. So I'll ask one, you ask one or vice versa. You ask one, I ask one, <laughs> actually. OK, so uh, I guess we talked a little bit about it, but uh, fast food. So you said Arby's is the best appetizers, but as far as desserts go. Ooh. Which fast food? No one Dang. ever talks about those. No one ever talks about it. Um, so I need to. So, um, it, it would have been up until very recent uh, the Taco Bell caramel apple empanada, in my opinion. Um, okay. They've stopped carrying that. Um, Taco Bell caramel apple, caramel apple empanada. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like a deep fried apple pie from McDonald's, like. Um, dusted in some like sugar sentiment. It was so good. Um, but I recently found out that Popeye's has something very similar on their menu. Um, so that's, but what I have also found is that it's very hit or miss, meaning like not even just the, not the taste just from an availability standpoint, like Mm. I'll order it and they'll be like, we don't have any apple pies, you know? Yeah. Uh So, um, I think they just call them apple pies there, but, um, yeah, the caramel apple empanada was good. And then it like downsized. So it got a little, it was like a dollar though. So let's be honest. It was, you know, um, so I, now I would say I would go with the Popeye's apple pie where, where available. (laughs) Um, and an honorable mention to McDonald's holiday pie. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Love it, but it's very seasonal. It's you know, it's only yes. available for like two months out of the year. So, okay, uh, I can't, I can't uh, give the honor to that when it doesn't even play half, you know, more than half of the year. Right, only like <laughs> two months, yeah. probably November, December. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first question for you is also food related. Mm-hmm. What is a strange food combination that you enjoy? Ooh. Ooh, strange food combination that I like. Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I would say, um, you know, this, this is not like that strange, but, <laughs> you know, every time I say it, people always like give me a weird look like, like, really? Like, that's, that's what you, so you get a pizza and I like bell peppers a lot. Uh, I really okay. like bell peppers. And I just, it's not like a weird combination, really, like bell peppers on a pizza. All right, that's not that strange. Yeah. But every time I, I'm like, yeah, I'll get a, a pizza, any toppings, I'm like, bell peppers. I want green peppers on there. All right, anything else? I'm like, no, nah, that's it. And people just like, shh, like look at me like, what? You just, you only want green peppers on the pizza. That's the only thing. You don't want any, any meat, anything else. I'm like, no, nah, just green peppers. And people will give me like the weirdest looks. Like I could sit here and like say something like, "Oh yeah, I, I really like um, you know, uh, I mean I don't even know what what weird food combinations right I I would eat, but um, but like I could say something like I don't know gummy bears and waffles right, which I've yeah. I've never had in my life, but like. <laughs> I, I feel like if I said that, I get less. I would probably get less of a weird reaction out of people than just bell peppers, just just bell peppers on a pizza. Yeah, it's not weird, but it's just like on its own. People just act like I'm like some sort of like monster for this. Yeah, it seems like maybe it's more of like a complimentary topping. So I can see like people being weirded out if you're, it's like the only thing that you want. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, everybody has their own like. It, like pizzas, that's that's what uh, makes pizza fun. <laughs> right, it, 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 exactly. You put pretty much anything on there. Yeah. All right, it's time for your second question for me. Okay. Whatever happened to that poker thing that we did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, for people that are listening and may not remember or may not know this, um, I, <laughs> I was working on a reality show concept in, gosh, was it like 2000? Well, I started uh, it like in 2009, but like it, it went in multiple phases, but 2013. Um, and so Ian actually came to be a celebrity coach, um, for a lesson about, it was called Mansformation. So the show premise. Yeah. And so it was like learning from uh, celebrity coaches, like how to do stereotypical man skills. Right. Um, right. So I did not know how to play poker. Um, and Ian came to try to teach me how to play poker. Um, and so we played in like a local tournament and not really a tournament, but like an event. Um, the footage, did it, I don't even know, did it ever get, it did get released. It was on oh, YouTube. I, had, I have no, I have no idea. I mean, I remember like thinking about it as like, oh yeah, I know a little bit about poker, but I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like a pro by any means, but I was like, you know, I, I could certainly teach someone how to play the rules, you know, or how to play, right? And yeah. I remember being there and I was like, this is cool, but like, I've never played a poker tournament before. <laughs> you know? just, just like the home game, you know, like the, you know, with, with you know, your drunk uncle. But, uh, but, you know, I thought it was fun. I just was wondering, I was like, whatever happened to that? Because I remember we had like a deck of cards with like your logo on it. Yeah. 
And yeah. I remember when I was teaching, I had that, you know, like just in like a drawer and like we were using playing cards for something. People were like, what is this mansformation thing? Like, <laughs> what, what is this? Are you, is there something you didn't tell us? I'm like, no, I'm like, no, it's a thing. I don't know. I, was, I explained it. And they're like, oh, okay. I, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, was, I don't know what happened to it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That was the last I thought about it. <laughs> um, so it, uh, I want to say that the episode that I did with you is maybe episode three. Okay. Um, I was trying to like produce a, a few different episodes. Um, sure. This was yours was episode three, and then I was working on episode four, <laughs> and I um, it was a self funded project, by the way, hmm. um, and so I ran out of money in episode four halfway through, and then it just kind of um, stopped. So. Gotcha. Um, you know, it, um, I had some interesting conversations with people at like some production companies and things like that. Um, I got to do like cool stuff. Uh, and, um, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of time and money, um, and didn't ultimately end up going anywhere, but it was a great life experience. Um, and I think I still have the playing cards too, actually somewhere. (laughs) That's cool. Um, my second question for you. And this can be Big Brother or otherwise. Okay. What's your worst roommate story? Ooh. Oh, man. So, you know, I would say, you know, it's kind of tough because I wouldn't say, like, I've had any uh, really bad roommates. I guess when I was in college, like, right before I went on the show, um, I was uh, I was living with... Uh, some guys that I was friends with at, at Tulane. And I only needed to, I needed to stay down there for like a, a month or two. Cause mm-hmm. I was, if I wasn't on the show, I was going to take like a summer class. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was living with these guys and, um, it wasn't even so much the guys. It was just like the house that we lived in. We, I was in the basement and the basement, it was just like a sty. Like we were just like <laughs> messy people. Like I, I remember like not having a floor. Like I was like, I never saw the floor. So like, we were just like complete slobs. I would say really, um, other than that, you know, and and I'm not, I'm not messy, but it was messy when I got there because like it was someone else's space, right? Right. Like I was just subletting it for like two months. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd say the other one, just like growing up, my brother and I are just very, very different. So we shared a room, Mm -hmm. um, growing up and just like that, like it was so bad. We had to get like, my dad built a literal wall, right? Like it was just (laughs) like this, like we, we took this bedroom that was not huge. It was not a big room by any means. And he just built a dividing wall down the middle and it's like, all right, you each have your own space now, do with it, whatever you want. And I remember like they strategically put mine right at the front of the, uh, of the room. And, um, like when you would walk in, so, because they, they figured it would be kept neater yeah. than my brothers, which is <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> wow. That's that's uh that's interesting. Um, yes. <laughs> all right, it's time for your third question for me. So uh, when I was up there, I remember you were in Chicago. Are you still like in the same place, or did you go elsewhere? Or yeah, we are um, in the Chicago suburbs now. So okay, I was okay. Uh, when I I think when you came up here, I lived in Pilsen, which is like just southwest of like the Loop proper. Um, yeah, that's where I was. Um, we live now um, outside in the suburbs, so we're about 30 minutes, um, but like 15 miles. Um, and it's, uh, it's it, I think the pandemic drove us to like needing, you know, more space and like um, <laughs> being able to like 
just get places easier. And then I um, ultimately ended up taking a, uh, I switched roles at work. And so I have to commute north to Wisconsin. So I had to get out of the Chicago traffic in the, you know, every day. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. Um, I like it a lot. It's uh, (laughs) a, I wasn't a huge city person. Um, Oh, really? No. No? No. I mean, I worked in the city and like it was close. And so like it was nice being in a, a commute that was very close. But yeah, I remember that like you were super close to your work. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, there weren't a lot of benefits to it for me. <laughs> no. See, Chicago is kind of interesting. Like, um, I mean, like I, I, like I said, I like the geography and like urban development studies, things like that. And like one of the things I always hear about is like, well, you guys have your train system, but yeah. it's like built in such a way that it like it's effectively this fan out model where like there's no suburb to suburb connection. It's all just suburb to downtown. Correct. And a lot of people use that to get to work. Right. Yeah. But, um, from the suburbs, but like they find that the most common commute, which is interesting in the, in the States is suburb to suburb, one suburb to another. So, you know, it's sort of interesting how like Chicago and most cities, uh, you know, uh, commuting systems, uh, public transit doesn't really offer that. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It would take forever to get from like, you know, from here to like, uh, I'm going to say like Oak Brook, Right. Like I would have to go downtown, like switch train lines, wait on another train, like go out that train. And then like, yeah, I mean, I could drive there in like 25 minutes, you know, so it definitely isn't conducive to like helping with (laughs) with mass transit uh, as an option for people. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) My third question for you is, would you ever let your parents pick out um, your life partner for you? No, (laughs) no, I wouldn't. (laughs) No, no, I I just, I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, my dad probably, I don't think like ever really understood like my tastes. Um, (laughs) so definitely no there. I think my mom was like more understanding, but I'm not sure she'd like get it right. You know? So I think that's just a hard no. (laughs) Definitely not. I don't blame you. I I wouldn't let my parents either. (laughs) Um, all right. Your fourth question for me. Um, okay. So I remember we had this discussion in your car. So when we were, we were driving from your work, um, you're on an airplane. You always ask for a can. You specifically say, I want a can of whatever beverage. What yes. beverage do you get on planes? I don't remember. It's Diet Coke, usually. It's Diet Coke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually because I also almost always have Skittles <laughs> because I don't really love gum, but I want to have yeah, something you, chewy. I remember you told me this. I yeah. remember you told me this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And so to have like uh, something with full sugar soda or like pop. With uh, right. Skittles would probably, oh. I would have like a diabetic coma probably that immediately. Would, that would fit the weird combination for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I usually have Skittles and a Diet Coke. Um, I did, fl- I have flown one time since the pandemic has started. Okay. And I like was freaked out that they were doing beverage service because it was like the first time I'd been on a plane in like two years. Um, right. You know, so like I've been not around people and then like you get, you're in close quarters already and then people right. are like taking their mask off to drink and stuff. And I like, so I did not have anything on that flight. 
<laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I just, I remember definitely having that conversation with you. And I remember like, I don't remember what he said. I remember there was something else and it was the Skittles thing. So that's, yeah. that's just like brought me right back. Skittles and the can. Yeah, give me the can. As much as I paid for that ticket, give me that can. Absolutely. <laughs> My fourth question for you is what's something that I would never guess about you? Ooh, never guess. Um, that's tough because, like, I always wonder if, like, all the all like the interesting, like, weird little things are like known because of the show, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So, yeah. Like, I I always would say like prior to the show, like I can I can kick myself in the face, like, but like that's known now, you know? <laughs> yes. So so like, what's what's the answer to that then? What is something that no one would know? about me um geez um i guess it would be that um man what is something no one would know you would never guess is the question right right yeah yeah Uh, hmm, i would say um okay i guess this is sort of dumb but i'll go with it so when i was in high school or middle school i would always get in trouble at school, but it would always be for something like really stupid. And it would happen exactly once per year. So like you imagine like the typical things that like kids would get in trouble for at school. And then it would just be like the literal, like dumbest possible thing that you could imagine. Like, um, like I think a good example, is like most people in school, like they get in trouble, they get into like, um, they get into a fight or something like that. Right. Or like something like that. Right. Yeah. You get called the principal out of the fight all the time. So I'm in like eighth grade and our school was weird. It was eighth and ninth grade in one building and some ninth grader wanted to, wanted to fight me. So I was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to fight you. <laughs> like, so he, he's like, oh, I want to fight. And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll fight. We're going to have a fight. Me and you, we're going to have a fight and it's going to be a month from today. So on March 31st, we're going to have a fight. We're going to do it at the bus stop. You're going to let me walk home and into my front door. So that way it's not the school's problem. Yeah. And we're going to have a fight at the end of March, 2006 (laughs) and, uh, or uh, 2005 March 31st, 2005 or whatever. And like this kid was on my bus and like every single day, like I walk by him and I'd be like, only 20 days till the fight, only 18 (laughs) days to the fight. And I'm starting to think like, why is this guy just not like, just like belted me in the face. Like, like that's how, if you want to fight someone, then fight them. Right. You know, like, like why are we like scheduling and arranging it? And then like March 31st came and then he just, I was like, all right, time to fight. Come on, let's go. And then he didn't get off the bus. He's like, no, no, no. Everyone knows about it. There's going to be a cop. And I was like, I don't see anyone. Let's go. And then he doesn't get up. And I was like, oh, well, you forfeited. You just forfeited the fight. I won the fight. So I said to people, I'm like, I won the fight. I won. You forfeited. You know? And, the, the principal called us to the office and they're like, what's this I hear about you wanting to fight him? And then I explained the situation and like I he got in more trouble than me, but I like got in <laughs> trouble for like planning this fight or something. Like, just, just stupid stuff like that. But once and a year, just, like once a year. But it was always something dumb. Like, yeah. you know, like. Some kid has like a they are, we had like a school TV show or something and like some kid had um, like a camera like they would do like candid recordings of stuff and like 
some girl was like flipping out on a teacher, like this old woman English teacher over some assignment with like, you know, reading a newspaper article and writing a summary. And he turned his recording on and it's this girl like swearing her head off at the teacher. And, uh, you know, it gets posted to YouTube and it was pretty funny. And <laughs> like I commented on the YouTube, I was like, oh, that is great. Hilarious. And then like the next day I get called in there like, you commented on this YouTube video. <laughs> Whose is it? And I was like, what? And I was like, are, are you, you're, you're joking, right? Like, you're like, why? So I, I like was staying kind of mum about it. So they were, I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. And they're like, no, you know. And I was like, well, whose channel is it? You can see whose channel it is. So they're like, click on it. And like this kid's face comes up and they're like, oh, okay. So it's him. And I was like, like, you didn't need me here to, right. to, to do that, you know? You know? And they're like, why didn't you just tell us outright? Now it's like, I, I mean, it was right there. And they're like, we have to give you a detention for not Like, stupid stuff. <laughs> like, just dumb. Like, why am I in this situation? All I did was comment on a YouTube video. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I got in trouble in school, but it was always for, like, dumb things. It was never for your standard, your stock yeah. standard stuff. <laughs> All right, it's time for your fifth and final question for me. Uh, I guess fifth and final question. So I guess similar theme. Uh, did you ever get in trouble at school? Like you said you were studious, but like did you ever get anything? Yeah, there were two. So I told a story on one episode where I um, <laughs> we were on a field trip in Washington, D.C., uh, and I um, bought itching powder from like a okay. like magic like joke store kind of thing, okay. um, and I went to put it on like one of the students that was like with us, uh, and the wind blew and it went all oh. over like our entire student group. No. Uh, yeah. So again, it was like something dumb like that, right? Like that I was trying to do a very targeted. And who knew? Like I, I didn't know. I've never bought itching powder before. Right. I don't, I don't even know, know if it works. Itchy actually, right? Is, right. So um, everybody was like itching, and it was a nightmare. And then I ended up getting detention. Like when I got back, um, the second thing is like there was actually a real big scandal in my high school, um, where I was in a microbiology class, and um, it's it, honestly it's like infamous. But the entire class basically had copies of the tests from the previous uh academic years and so oh, okay. we were all using them um to improve our grades uh Fair with enough. a notoriously hard teacher and it was like heartbreaking like she she was like so um it was really it was bad it was bad yeah um yeah, I but that. i was part of that class that out of the whole class i want to say there was like 30 kids maybe in the class there were like two people in the class that didn't have Okay. The actual notes. Yeah. So yeah, I was part of, I was part of that bad group of misbehaving kids. See, like I always, I always like kind of, kind of grappled with that when I was teaching. Right. Because like, I didn't write the test that was like written by the district. I could write like the quizzes, but Mm -hmm. the tests were all uniform from like one teacher to another. Mm. And, um, and you know, I remember sitting there and saying like, Hey, you know, like these tests, they only change, like they would change gradually a little every year. Like there'd be new questions. So like if you took the the one from the first year I taught there and the fifth year I taught there, they would be almost completely different. But if you took one from like the first and second year, not much change. So from year to year, not a whole lot of change. And I said, you know, this is so similar to last year's test. Like what if they have a test bank? Yeah. And I'll never forget the guy, one of the other physics teacher goes, Ian, these kids can't 
come to class with a pencil. Like they can't <laughs> keep track of a pencil. Do you think they're going to keep track of a test bank? And I looked at him and I said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the There was never, uh, I mean, you, they, anyone could have just like completely broken the curve yeah. if they had just kept a, a test bank. But yeah. they just never, just never did. Like there was like that, yeah. that gumption that, that just wasn't there, you know? Ours was like, ours stemmed from, um, the, what, what basically happened is like at the end of the semester, when we were preparing for finals, this teacher would give you the test back, like your, your test from the whole uh, semester right. to study, right? Like for right. the final, because the final was made up of questions from all of the tests, right? Yeah. Cumulative exam. Yeah. And so somebody the year ahead of us ended up photocopying them. I mean, this was before like the internet and, you know, like, I mean, it was like 1997, Maybe 96. Sure. So, uh, yeah, but she ended up photocopying them and then um, one person got a hold of them and then it just like spread like wildfire throughout the oh, semester. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember like, uh, you know, similar, right? Like when I was in college, right? It was um, sort of like the same idea where you get like um, some teachers, the, the professors I always like, they just gave you the old test, yeah. right? Because I said that's the most fair way to do it because if you use old tests or use old questions, but you don't give them out, people are going to get them anyway, whether yeah. they're in like a fraternity or like whatever, like there's going to be a test bank out there somewhere. So then you're like rewarding social people, yeah. right? <laughs> rather than people that study hard. So if you give them, then, you know, it's at least fair, right? Yeah. Everyone has equal shot to it. So I remember always uh, liking that. And I remember there was to like the extreme situation. I, it was after I was on the show, the last year I was in, last semester I was in school, we had this guy for an upper level chemistry class. He looked exactly like Woody Allen. Like that's, that's <laughs> the only thing I remember about him. He looked exactly like Woody Allen. It was a tough class. And he gave the old exams. And I was like, that's cool. And his rule was that on every exam, you got a one piece of paper cheat sheet. You could okay. put whatever, whatever you wanted on the cheat sheet, you got like any formula. So you didn't have to memorize anything. And he said, you know, it's really going to be if you can solve the problems or not, whether you memorize a for not whether you memorize the formula or not. So you got, you got a cheat sheet. And for the final, he said, well, since we had three tests throughout the semester, and this is like the, the combination of those plus some new material since the last midterm, um, you can have four pieces of paper with anything you want on them, mm. anything. And he said, I don't even care what size the paper is. You know, oh, you can wow. make it a really big piece of paper. So I said to myself, you know what? He posts the old tests. He's known to use similar questions and he does PowerPoint notes. So I said, I could just take all the stuff, all the old tests that he's posted, everything, and put them onto double-sided, like broadsheet newspaper-sized sheets. Yeah. And I did that. I, I went to a FedEx Kinkos. I printed them out. It was <laughs> like I was sitting there taking the final, like with broadsheet newspaper, like looking yeah. at it like that, trying to find it. Um, I had literally every single thing from the class. I got the highest score in the test. I had the highest score in the class. And I remember he said, like, there is nothing against the rules about that. He's like, that's honestly, that's like the smart thing to do. And he's like, and he says, the whole reason I allow this stuff is because like 
when you're out in the real world, like you're gonna have to be resourceful and like figure out like how to find information and like parse out what's relevant and what's not. So it's like if you have literally every single piece of class notes there and you were able to get the highest score, it's because you figured out what was relevant yeah. and, and applied it at the right part. So it's like, that's not cheating at all. That's just, you know, that's just using the resources provided to you. That's Absolutely. Just smart play. Yeah. 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 So. You're, you're being very smart about it. <laughs> work, hard, work smart, not hard. Right? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. My uh, fifth and final question for you in this round is what's the thing that you miss most about being a kid? Ooh, you know, that's a, that's a great question because, uh, being a kid in some ways kind of sucks, but yeah. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, the thing I miss most, the thing I absolutely miss most, I would say is, um, you know, when I was, when I was in school, I was really, I was really smart about it. I said to myself, you know what? I don't want to have any homework. So like I figured out like, what is the bare minimum that I could like take credit wise in high school? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I took the tough classes, but I just took like a lot of study halls I miss that. I miss just having like time like blocked out where it's I can do whatever work I need to do because in consulting especially like I feel like I'm just in meetings all day Correct. and I don't get work done. <laughs> so I liked that I was able to like block time out to just get stuff done that I needed to get done anyway. Um, so like having a dedicated like block of time in the day yeah. to do whatever I want to do basically is what I miss. So like that – that and going home, you know, like I said, I was probably working like 15, 16 hours a day at one of my last at my last job prior to the one I have now. And, um, you know, I'm sitting in there and, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, like, I think the, the most homework I ever had was fourth grade and then like <laughs> all the way through until junior year of college. And I said it finally took like this right now, like this situation to top the amount of work that I have to do outside of like standard working hours, like going back all the way to like a tie between fourth year, fourth grade and junior year of college. Like it took that long. So I guess just like having the time, yeah. right? Time, yeah. time. But the thing is you're a kid, you can't even do anything with that time. Right. What are you going to do? Right. You know, sit and play PlayStation? Right. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> you can't drive anywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... God, I would love to have like an hour long block, even just in the middle yeah. of the day. <laughs> I, was, I was so much smarter when I was a kid. I, that's the other thing. I would just say I was smart because I had time. So I would just, I remember when like, Wikipedia first came out, mm. I just would like read that Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I was kind of like, I'd go home from school and I would just sit down and I would just like read random Wikipedia, like just click through links all the time. I had to be in terms of like if there was like a bar trivia, but for like tenth graders, I would have just mopped the floor with everybody. <laughs> like I just I, I I was like up here and then like college and then I, as an adult I got dumber. So like, you know, <laughs> people like, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, I'm like a losing Jeopardy contestant probably in terms of like trivia knowledge. But like uh, you know, I I just like man, I, I just would read Wikipedia and I learned like hell of a lot of stuff because i had time yeah 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 no the the uh the corporate world doesn't really give you much 
time no, <laughs> to do things no, on your own. Not at all. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing five for five. We'll move on to the last round, which is the Fast Friends Fortune Teller. Um, and okay. so I'll use this paper fortune teller. I'll ask you a series of questions that will reveal an activity. And then um, we'll play that activity and end up with a friend request. So the first okay, question, cool. and in all of these scenarios, we're on a road trip. Um, okay. So the first question is, I say to you, Ian, can you please start a boy band playlist? Would you start by playing a song by Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, One Direction, or 98 Degrees? Um, whew, I mean, uh, I think, I think uh, if I remember right, 98 Degrees had that Motown kind of yes yes yeah i think i would probably go for that just to just to kind of mix it up a little bit hell yeah so 98 degrees is um the only right answer no i'm kidding it's my favorite boy band though so i get really excited when people pick 98 degrees (laughs) very nice um and we stopped for snacks uh out of these four snacks would you pick at the gas station sour patch kids milk duds corn nuts or cheez-its you know, I think like for, for a road trip, I'm going to go with the Cheez-Its. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got like the, it's, it's a little more like a savory almost. Yeah. Right. Where the other ones are just like, like Sour Patch Kids and long road trip just doesn't sound right. And then Milk Duds, I just feel like that, like it just sounds like motion sickness, like <laughs> <laughs> a recipe for it. Right. It's definitely going to stick to your teeth nonetheless. So yeah. 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 Um, okay, we stop at a uh, an exit and we're getting dinner. Uh, we're gonna go through the drive through. Would you pick uh, Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, or Arby's? Ooh, I, you know, I know your answer to this. I, I think um, I think for for like if we're not gonna sit in and we're gonna we're gonna drive through, I'm gonna go with Wendy's. Okay, uh, for sure. You know, I think actually, um, you know, Wendy's. I mean, other than the chili, which is definitely not car food, Wendy's is probably <laughs> the most car food. Of the options for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I like I like Wendy's. I like uh, I like their options. I think their fries are great. Um, yeah. They, they have a fry guarantee now. Did you know that? You know, I I had heard of that. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a uh, their fries are they're they were good anyway, but they're good now. Um, awesome. So underneath the uh, underneath Wendy's this week is the game Never Have I Ever. Um, so okay. I have uh, cards from uh, the board game of the same name, um, okay. and I will just pick them at random and ask you. And if you have done what uh, I say, then we'll take a drink. Uh, I'll take okay. a drink if I've done it. Um, otherwise, you know, we'll say no thanks. Um, okay. So the first is done the walk of shame. <laughs> I am not drinking to that. <laughs> I have not done that. Uh, knocked a tooth out from drunken debauchery. I have not done that. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> that hurts. Like just talking about knocking a tooth out hurts me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Made a cheesy mixtape for someone. I have done that. And I guess a CD would also count. I have not. I have not done that. <laughs> it's fun. Or playlist or anything of that sort. Wow. Yeah. Um, flirted with my best friend's partner. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. Um, and the last is, uh, talked shit about my boss over text at work. Of course. <laughs> Who hasn't oh, done that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. All right. So this is the moment, Ian, that we've been building to the entire podcast. Uh, this is the moment of truth. Uh, Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request in the spirit of Facebook, but like a metaphorical. So in real okay. life, based on our time that we've spent together, uh, would you confirm or delete the friend request? Oh, confirm for sure. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I had a great time. Uh, 
And do you want, uh, I know that you're not, like you mentioned earlier, you're not really big into like Instagram and things like that. Do you want to plug anything for anyone? Um, no, not no. really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah, guys, don't follow me in anywhere. If you, if you like want to go and like log on and see a random tweet about like some board game or, or something like every, you know, two months, then yeah, Tulane Terry, all one word <laughs> on, on Twitter. But I mean, like I said, I'm like the most boring, uh, most boring person. Like, so <laughs> I, I don't think that that's boring at all. Um, <laughs> I love a good, I love a good board game. <laughs> um, well, we want to hear from you now that Ian and I are friends confirmed and we were going to hang out for the first time. What would you suggest that we do when we hang out? If you can hit us up on Twitter, um, or you can call or text the podcast at eight seven two two six seven two seven three five. Ian, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being my friend. It was a blast hanging out with you today. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Have a good night, man. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.